We are officially at the last week of the first quarter of the NFL season. Week four, weeks one through four, obviously, is the first quarter of the season if we want to break down that season into quarters like the games are into quarters. Uh, the, today on the podcast, we're going to talk about our, we're going to give a shout out to the commentator of the week. We're going to do a little overreaction corner, recap our injuries from the last weekend. Talk about some busts from the last week and how to move forward with those busts. And also, we're going to talk about a few game-by-game matchups of players that are playing against one another who we like better in that game. If you have not followed us on Twitter or Instagram, please give us a follow. Twitter, we are at FansportsGenius. And on Instagram, we are FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore. And if you haven't checked out our website, please check us out www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. Got some great articles up there, my weekly rankings, along with some premium articles. If you're a DFS and or season-long owner, please give us, a ch- give us a check out. So let's go ahead and get started. We're doing a solo podcast t- this morning. Uh, right, as we're filming this, it's a Thursday morning, uh, fr- I'm sorry, Friday morning, following that great matchup between the Atlanta Falcons, uh, I'm sorry, not the Atlanta Falcons, I don't know what I'm thinking there. Um, following the Los Angeles Rams and Minnesota Vikings last night, uh, typically a defensive struggle. You would think that that game would be a defensive struggle with the two matchups going on, but a high-scoring affair on that Thursday night game got us going into Week 4 with the Rams taking on the Vikings 38-31 in a barn burner of a football game that saw offense on both sides of the ball. If you started the Rams like I did in one league, you likely did not get a good start. If you started any offensive players, you likely had a great start. Um, usually, like I said, Thursday night games are usually ones that I don't like to play players in. But if you had players in that game, you got a great jump start on your week four matchup. Let's go ahead and talk about our commentator of the week. We want to give a shout out to Rice23. Thank you for the support. Hopefully you're enjoying what you're reading on our site, and hopefully you get that week four win moving forward and hopefully help you take down your championship later on this year. So uh, last Sunday night, we saw Tom Brady head on over to Detroit and take on the Lions, who most thought that he might be the top quarterback option, threw up a major dud. Are we seeing the end of number 12, or as many of us call him, the GOAT? I don't think we're seeing the end of it. I think we are starting to see that cliff come rapidly quick. Um, I think he's obviously still a top-tier talent in the NFL, but I think we are finally seeing the end of Mr. Tom Brady. He might only have a year or two left. Hopefully he can still play at the highest level because even if you don't like the Patriots, they are always a fun fun team to watch on primetime because of the weapons and because of what Tom Brady does on the field. But like I said, I think that cliff is starting to come. It's going to be interesting on what, what happens with when Julian Edelman comes back and they finally get Josh Gordon on the field. Uh, if, if Tom Brady is going to be able to return to that magic that he's had through his, throughout his entire career, he's been able to make no-name receivers great. Now he gets a couple players. He gets one Josh Gordon who has as much talent as anybody in the league. He just has to be able to stay on the field whether it be injuries or whether it be his off-field issues, 
you can't take away that he is one of the most talented receivers that have played the game in a while. It's just a matter of him staying on the field. If he can, it'll be interesting on what Tom Brady does with the likes of Gronkowski, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, James White, um, and you still have Chris Hogan. You have players like that, what he can do with that offense, and if he can move that team back to the elite level. It's kind of crazy seeing teams like the Cleveland Browns with a better record at 1-1-1 over Tom Brady and the Patriots, who are sitting at 1-2 on the season. Patriots this week have a matchup against the Miami Dolphins, who in years past, that is a team that they have dominated, just like in pretty much anybody else in the league. Tom Brady has been able to beat and destroy anybody in the league, but it seems like the Dolphins are one of the teams that Tom Brady loves to play against. I think the Patriots are in for a great bounce back, especially if Josh Gordon can get on the field. I, I can't wait to see what, he, what kind of impact he has on this offense and how this offense moves forward with a with a speedster like Josh Gordon, the elite talent he has. They have not had a player like that probably since Randy Moss. Do I think he's the next Randy Moss? I don't believe so. But you cannot take away his athletic ability on the football field. Speaking of Mr. Tom Brady, if you own him in fantasy, do you continue starting him or do you think about benching if you have someone... Obviously, if someone like Patrick Mahomes, you're going to start Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is having an MVP-type season. Mahomes is having a great season. Um, and there's a very good chance that you have both quarterbacks. Mahomes was a, middle, was a later draft pick. A lot of people didn't know exactly how he was going to do in his first season under center as a full-time starter. Obviously, he is, he is taking on that role and running with it, or as he is, passing with it. Um, but obviously, it's, it's, that question is kind of a crazy question. You're going to start Tom Brady. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He's going to have those hiccups, but he's also going to have those Tom Brady type of games. You Obviously, this is just a bump in the road. Tom Brady's going to get back on track. Is he, the, is he still that elite talent where he was five years ago, even last year in the Super Bowl? Maybe he's not that kind of player anymore. Maybe we are starting to see those, those years catching up with him, and he is finally showing that he is human, and he is not a robot on the football field, and he can... He has mistakes. He has games that he can't dominate a team like he didn't dominate the Detroit Lions, who I think that he should have dominated. But the Lions had his number, and they did great for Detroit. They were able to stop Tom Brady. Moving forward, I don't. I mean, like I said, this is just a bump in the road. It's this. It's it's something that Brady is going to fix. Patriots are going to fix. They have the weapons coming back. They're going to have the Edelman's returning. Gordon will get on the field. Gronkowski is Gronkowski. James White out of the backfield. This offense is too good to be held down, and especially Tom Brady being held down as quarterback is not going to happen. If you're a Le'Veon Bell owner, what are you do, What are you thinking right now with the news about the Steelers taking phone calls for trades and with the Jets making a decent push for Mr. Bell? We're hearing more and more about the Jets offering something to the Patriots. What that is, we don't know yet. Um, if the Jets do get Le'Veon Bell, obviously it's great for the Jets. Le'Veon Bell is one of, if not the best running back in football. Um, and he's not happy in Pittsburgh. And who knows what's going to happen there in Pittsburgh. But if you're the Steelers, you have James Conner back there. You know Le'Veon Bell is not going to come back next year. Why not get what you can get from him? I still think the best fit for Le'Veon Bell is in the NFC. And it is up in Wisconsin, Green Bay Packers. The Packers would be an excellent fit for Mr. Le'Veon Bell. It would also take Lev Bell out of the AFC, where the Patriots would love to not have him be in. Where they're, If they're going to play him for a championship in the playoffs, you're playing him in the Super Bowl, not in the playoffs to knock you out of the game. Not out of the season, I'm sorry. 
I also think the Colts would be a great fit for LeBell. I thought the Niners would be a, would be a great fit, but I think the Niners won't go after that, especially now with Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season. That that's a tough break for the for a young up and coming team like San Francisco 49ers. I thought Bell would be a nice fit there as well, but I think they're obviously not going to be going ma- making a big push in a trade wise for Bell, who is not guaranteed to re-sign wherever he goes to. I think the team that does sign for him, obviously the number one number one hopeful is that he will sign a long term contract. But if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I'm making a call to the Pittsburgh Steelers, seeing what it would take to get Bell. The Steelers do want to get something for him. I don't know if they're going to be able to get top dollar for him. But if you're the Packers, you have Aaron Rodgers dinged up. You have a great offense. Your defense is a little iffy. Why not bring a player like Bell in who is a great in the passing game but also can keep that clock running the way he runs the ball. And he can, he can break, the, break the play every play. Every time he touches the ball, he can take it to the house. That's going to take pressure off of Aaron Rodgers, keep Rodgers healthy, which over the last couple of years he seems to not be able to, to stay healthy because, because of the offensive line, because of how much they rely on, on Mr. Rodgers, because of the lack of running backs there in, in Green Bay to, to account on. Bell would come in, instantly make them a contenders, and they would, I believe, their defense isn't anything special, but that offense will be able to contend with that Los Angeles Rams team who right now – look like the team to beat in the both on paper and on the football field. This last week was another week of injuries. Um, already down Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, and Jay Ajayi. We saw a plethora of players go down and leave the game, starting with A.J. Green, Evan Ingram, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, Rex Burkhead, and Deshaun Watson. However, the biggest loss of the weekend was Jimmy Garoppolo, who tore his ACL and will miss the rest of the season on a injury. Those injuries you hate to see where he, a non-contact injury, and then he got, obviously got hit on the sideline after the injury, but you can see his knee before he got hit. Buckle tore his ACL. He's done for the season. It's going to be hard for the 49ers to match that quarterback play. It's a, it's a team that I was high on coming into the season, but obviously that's not going to be the same now that Garoppolo's out. I think of those options there in San Francisco, the biggest impact it's going to cause, I believe, it's going to be Marquise Goodwin, who I was high on coming into the season. I still think George Kittle is going to get his. I still think Matt Bright is going to be able to get his, uh, not as much as, as Kittle, but he'll still be able to get his because he's a running back, catches the ball, a lot of dump-offs, a lot of check-downs. But a player like Goodwin... Is gonna it's gonna have a rough rest of the season because of the connection he had with Jimmy G. Now he has a new quarterback. Uh, if I'm an owner of of Goodwin, I'm keeping a eye on him. If you have to make a move, I don't hate the move. If you have to get rid of if, if you have to get rid of Goodwin, I don't hate it. But for for me personally, I'm gonna hold on to him for a week or two, see what that connection is with his new quarterback, and then make a make a make a decision in a couple weeks. Right now, I don't need to in any of my leagues. I, I don't I'm not forced to have to make a move. If you're forced to make a move, you have to find, let's say he was one of your starting two, three receivers. I don't hate having to, having to drop him for a, another player that's on the waiver wire. Let's say someone out there is a, a reliable receiver out there. You're in an eight-man league or a ten-man league, and there's some good options out there. I don't hate dropping him, but me personally, I'm going to hold on to him and see what that connection is with C.J. Beathard, um, who's going to be taking over the starting role in San Francisco. 
and see if he can keep the, a connection with him just like he had with Jimmy G last year when he came in as the quarterback. The Vikings, that's an interesting team. They laid a dud last week against the Buffalo Bills um, as we get into the bust from week three. Um, we'll talk about a little more about the Vikings when we talk about the bust, but yesterday they hung with the best team, possibly in football, the Los Angeles Rams. Both sides of the ball, it's like a Madden team where you're trying to create a team. You make all the different trades. They are stacked on both sides of the ball. And those Vikings hung with the Rams for the entire game, had a shot to win the game, tie the game, and then force it in the overtime, obviously. Um, but the Vikings were able to, even though they got a loss, now they're sitting at 1-2-1, and one, they were able to hang with the Rams after having a disastrous game against the Buffalo Bills. Um, we saw in that game, we thought both corners for the Rams were going to be out, Marcus Peters and Tlaib, Akeem Tlaib. Um, but Peters did, Peters did play. Tlaib did not. So it sounds like that injury for Peters isn't as bad as most thought. So the Vikings, going into the game, I didn't hate their outside receivers because of those corners I thought were going to be out. And even with Peters in the game, Thielen and Diggs went off in that game. That shows that this passing offense in Minnesota is for real. And Dalvin Cook, who was injured, um, didn't play this last week. He did play yesterday. Wasn't as impactful for the game as you would think or hope he would be. But it looks like Dalvin Cook will be okay moving forward. It might have been just uh, on a pitch count for Mr. Cook. And hopefully week five with a longer rest, he'll be able to get back on the field. Um, with the injuries, I think the most of these players coming out will be fine. I think the biggest one is going to be Evan Ingram. Will he be able to play moving forward, or is he going to sit out a few games? A.J. Green obviously going to play this week. Peters obviously played yesterday. Rex Burkhead was put out, will be out a significant amount of time. And Deshaun Watson had, had some um, tests done to see about his injury. Seems like nothing happened for him. He's good to go, so don't have to worry about Deshaun Watson. I think outside of Jimmy Garoppolo, the one I'm looking at is Evan Ingram on how long he's going to be out. He's obviously probably a... Starting tight end for most teams out there. If you have Ingram, he's your number one option at tight end. And Tyrod Taylor, his starting job is officially over. We are officially seeing the Baker Mayfield era begin. And Tyrod Taylor, or Tyrod, is officially not the starting quarterback there in Cleveland. So I don't think we have to worry about Mr. Taylor anymore now that Mr. Mayfield has taken over. And going back to Mr. Mayfield... I was completely wrong with him coming out of the draft. I thought he was a going to be a bust in the NFL. Obviously, to start his career, he is not that bust. I thought he had a lot more Johnny Manzellish kind of traits to him, but he looks to be the part. And the, the Browns look like they finally, knock on wood, have that quarterback that they can count on. Um, the Denver Broncos were able to draft Jake Butt late in the draft because of a knee injury they suffered in college. Looked like he was on his way to being a decent player this year, and I thought he had a chance to be that type of like a Jason Witten type of tight end. Plenty of looks, plenty of um, targets. Nothing special, but he gets the job done on the football field. How many times do we look at Mr. Jason Witten and say, he's nothing special, but every time he puts up huge numbers year after year, Jason Witten will go down as one of the better tight ends that we've seen play the game, but you never really heard his name listed as 
like the Tony Gonzalez's or the Shannon Sharps, the players that were very impactful players. But at the end of the day, you look at Jason Witten's stats, and he had huge numbers. He was a very productive, very safe tight end option in fantasy football. I thought Jake Butt would become that. But unfortunately, this week in practice, in a non-contact drill, he suffered his second ACL injury on his left knee, third ACL injury on the two knees combined. That is a horrible blow for a player that I was very high on moving forward. If you're in a keeper league, I thought he was an excellent keeper. Dynasty league, he was an excellent, excellent dynasty player. But that knee injury, having an ACL injury for the second time on the same knee is tough. And I just don't know if he is able to stay healthy moving forward. Tough news out of Denver. Tough news for Mr. Jake Butt. Um, the Broncos obviously are going to have to figure out what they're going to do on offense because it looked like Butt was starting to come into his own. I think they, 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 we're going to see a lot more of Cortland Sutton. Um, the tight ends there in Denver are no, nothing spectacular. I think the receivers are going to be the ones that are going to carry the team when they need, that, when, when they need them. Um, you have Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, obviously, are the starters there. But now I think Sutton will obviously get more play with Jake Butt out. I think they're going to be going to more three-man receiving options there in Denver. Bust from week three. Every week we see him. Last week it was Latavius Murray and the Minnesota Vikings defense. Both laid a big egg against the lowly Buffalo Bills. Horrible game. For that entire Minnesota Vikings defense, if you play DFS, you probably had plenty of Murray and that defense in your cash games. Hopefully your opponent had it as well. They put up big old duds, and but they were able to bounce back last night against the Rams like I talked about earlier. So that was just a hopefully a bump in the road for the Vikings offense. I don't see how that happened, but it did. That's probably one of the biggest busts of football last week was the way the Vikings came out and stunk up the joint against the Buffalo Bills. We also saw the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars play a defensive struggle. And when I say struggle, both offensives combined for less than 500 yards combined. I think yesterday the Vikings and Rams nearly put up or did put up 500 yards alone. Uh, if, we, if we go into the box score for that game, for the Vikings and the Rams, that game itself had, Cousins had 422 yards passing himself, and Jared Goff had 465 yards passing himself. Nearly as many yards total combined for the Tennessee-Jacksonville game, both teams combined. That game was a... Boring game to watch. Unless you love defensive football, it was a great game. But if you're looking for players to score you points in fantasy, that game was not a game you were interested in looking at with the final score of 9-6 to six and those very few combined total yards. What is wrong with David Johnson? David Johnson continues to struggle. You add that with Larry Fitzgerald as well, continuing to struggle in Arizona. And it's a recipe for a backup quarterback taking over the reins, and now we will see Josh Rosen try to find his connection with David Johnson Larry Fitzgerald. Hopefully both those players can get going with the rookie quarterback because Bradford was not getting anything going with Fitzgerald, and David Johnson was almost a non-factor through the first three games. As a high pick, David Johnson is a major bust for many owners. Um, 
likely a top five pick. He's playing like a middle round pick, if, you, if you're all honest for that. Now with the matchup against the Seattle Seahawks, who on defense have shown that they can play the Seattle Seahawks style of defense, even lacking the players that they've had in the past. It's going to be another tough game for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, we're going to be able to see if Rosen can, like I said, get Larry Fitzgerald involved. He has been a non-factor. Obviously, if you have Fitzgerald, it's hard not to start him because he has been reliable in the past, been very safe, good for a decent amount of points. He's very, been a very good cash game play in DFS, but this year not trustworthy to start in both season-long or DFS. If you have other options, I would wait to start Fitzgerald moving forward. Start somebody else on the bench. Maybe you have a Galladay. Maybe you have a Jordy Nelson. Maybe you have a Keelan Cole. Start someone like that over Larry Fitzgerald right now until we see if Rosen has a better connection with Fitzgerald than Mr. Bradford did as the starting quarterback there. Obviously, if David Johnson, you're probably going to have to start David Johnson. There's nothing you can do about that. You draft him as a starter. You draft him as your best player. You're going to probably have to start him. If you find an owner that is David Johnson fan see if you can dump him for a uh, another top tier option at running back i wouldn't even hate to struggle if you have a couple different options at running back that you can start on a weekly basis maybe see if you can get a hold of the Le'Veon bell owner and offer him david johnson straight up for Le'Veon bell but only do that if you have a couple two three different options that you can rotate in and out just in case bell does not play a snap this year for you but like I said, the Jets are wanting, sounds like they, they would love to have Mr. Bell in there. And so maybe that we, we see Bell get traded in the next couple of weeks. It might be a gamble we're taking to see if you want to get rid of David Johnson and try to get a Le'Veon Bell in a trade. But again, only if you have a couple options that you can go to just in case Bell does not play this season. We talked earlier about Tom Brady and his dud in Detroit, throwing for less than 150 yards. He has to be one of the biggest duds of the weekend. Um, going into Sunday Night Football, if you were down a sh- small amount, you had to feel confident that you're going to come back and win that game against your opponent. But Mr. Brady throws up a dud, and you likely didn't win the, w- win the week if you have Brady just starting quarterback. I think moving forward, obviously Brady's going to pick it up, but I think we officially have hit the never again trusting Tom Brady to every week, no matter who the matchup is, being a player that can dominate the defense. I think we officially are finding Tom Brady as a human, and he's a quarterback that is good, maybe not great anymore. So let's talk about some matchups for this upcoming week four. Um, We have, let's start it off with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Atlanta Falcons. Big-time combination of receivers there. We have Julio Jones against A.J. Green. Luckily for me, I have both on one team, so I don't have to make the choice. But if you're in DFS, do you go Julio Jones or do you go A.J. Green? I think you go Julio Jones, and it's not close. After the week Calvin Ridley had last week, I don't think teams can key in on Jones as much as they had in that game. That game was kind of the perfect storm matchup. Game game flow, targets, everything was going the way of Calvin Ridley. Jones was getting double, triple teamed. This week, I don't think that happens. I think Julio Jones is in for a monster game. Not to say that A.J. Green doesn't have a monster game as well, 
But I think if you're picking between the two in DFS, you're going Julio Jones and feeling confident in that matchup. Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts play in a division rival game. What if you have Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck in that matchup? There's a possibility you might have both quarterbacks on your season-long league. I think you go, as much as I love Andrew Luck as a quarterback, I've been a big fan of his ever since his years, his days at Stanford. Because of what Watson does with his legs and because of both T.Y., uh, with both receiving options there in Houston um, and luck only having T.Y. Hilton there in Indianapolis, I think Watson is your target that you want to want to go in for um, season long. If you're going DFS, I think Watson can be a lot more popular, so maybe you go luck in a GPP. Target him with T.Y. Hilton. A lot of people are going to probably go Watson and Fuller, um, Watson or DeAndre Hopkins. I think Luck to T.Y. Hilton might go a little underlooked in a game that could be a high-scoring matchup between two division rivals there in Indianapolis and Houston. The Tennessee Titans ground game. When do we give up? I think it's about time to give up on that ground game. But if you're still one that is trying to figure out, do you go Deion Lewis or Derrick Henry? And unfortunately, in one of my leagues, I have that option. I lost um, Joe Mixon and I lost Leonard Fournette. Fournette might play this week. So I'm looking at having to start one of those two running backs in one of my leagues because of those two running backs that I've lost. I think I'm leaning Deion Lewis because of the matchup and because of what he can do out of the backfield as a pass catcher. The Eagles' run defense is pretty stingy. I don't think Henry's going to have much success. But the Lewis out of the backfield might be able to get something done against that Eagles' defense. In a PPR league, I think you go Lewis. If it's standard, hopefully you don't have to go either. What about the Oakland-Cleveland game, which became interesting in that it could be a sneaky shootout with both offenses possibly putting up some decent numbers late on a Sunday afternoon. What if you have Baker Mayfield? What if you have Derek Carr? I'm going Mayfield every day, all day in that matchup. I'm just not a high, a very big fan of the Oakland passing game. Um, and I've, like I said, I have become a believer in Mayfield. I think he has the options there in that offense to get the job done. I think we are officially starting to see why the Cleveland Browns took him number one. And I think this week he starts out with a bang with his first official starting game as a starting quarterback. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Mayfield is in for a big game. I think he passes for 300-plus, throws three to four touchdowns, and the Browns maybe, just maybe, get back-to-back wins, which is something we thought we would never say over the last few years. What about the New Orleans Saints and the New York Giants football game? We see a couple of superstar stud running backs that both run the ball, catch the ball, do everything on the offense. Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley. The Saints are going to be without Mark Ingram for their last game. We'll see him come back next week. So this will be the last game that Kamara has the carries there in the backfield all to himself. I think Kamara obviously is the safer play. If I'm going GPPs, I'm probably going Barkley because he'll be a little lesser owned than Kamara. And we've seen from this defense in New Orleans, they are not good. Last year might have been a fluke 
we're starting to see the Saints defense of old come out and play, and they're giving up points and yards in bunches. I think this is a huge spot for not only Barkley, but the entire Giants offense in that New York, New Orleans football game. Same game. What about Beckham against Michael Thomas? I think safety, you go Michael Thomas. I think upside, you can go either. GPPs, maybe I go Beckham because of the lesser owned angle. But if you're going cash games, you're going Michael Thomas. I think Thomas is going to be, he's shown that he is a super, super, superstar. He is on pace to not only break, but shatter the receiving record held by Marvin Harrison. Obviously, the uh, regression is going to come. He's not going to be able to get this many targets every game, this many receptions every game. Officially, right now, Michael Thomas is on pace for, I think, a billion catches. Um, That might be exaggerating a little bit, but he is on pace for so many catches, so many targets. That's got to come down. I don't see it coming down this week. I think Michael Thomas is as safe as it comes. Running back, wide receiver, quarterback. I think he's one of the safest plays on the board. If you're playing cash games in DFS, I think you lock him in. If you're a GPP player, you may want to look at maybe avoiding the Saints offense. I think they're going to be very, very chalky. Um, the, Mi- the Michael Thomases, the Alvin Kamaras, the Drew Brees, I think they're very chalky. Maybe you go the other side of the, that game and go Odell Beckham, pair him with his quarterback, Mr. Eli Manning. And we close it out with a Monday night football game, Patrick Mahomes against Case Keenum. Am I crazy? Maybe a little bit. But can Keenum and the Denver Broncos keep up with the all-star studded offense in Kansas City on a Monday night from Denver, Colorado? I think the Denver Broncos get that W. Might be the fan coming out of me saying that. But I think Mr. Case Keenum puts up a bigger game. And I think at the end of the game, Keenum, bold call, will have more yards, more touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes. I think Mr. Von Miller kind of can get to Mr. Mahomes, and we start to see a little regression. Maybe the regression is instead of throwing five touchdowns, he throws three or four touchdowns. So it's not a huge regression, obviously. Patrick Mahomes is going to put a huge game, huge game. I just think the Broncos need to score points to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's going to come through the air. I think Keenum has one of those games that he had last year where he comes out of nowhere and throws for 350 to 400 yards, passes four to five touchdowns and the Broncos walk away with a high scoring affair Um, I'm I'm calling the game I think the Denver Broncos win 37 to 34 in a game that we see Keenum come from behind last second touchdown Denver gets to win if you have if you have uh, Keenum on your team as your backup think about starting him obviously you have to look at the rankings and make sure you're not starting over someone like um Drew Brees, something like that. You don't want to do that. You want to start, if, if you have like a Case Keenum, Ben Roethlisberger, you have a Case Keenum, Russell Wilson, you have a Case Keenum, even Tom Brady, Case Keenum, something like that, you might think about starting Case Keenum. The Kansas City Chiefs defense is nothing. They give up points in bunches. I think the Broncos and the Chiefs are going to both score plenty of points. It's just going to be who has the ball last. Hopefully Denver has the ball last, and they can get the W. As a, as a Bronco fan, I hope that. As a fantasy owner of Case Keenum, I have Cam Newton on a bye, and I have Keenum as my backup, and I'm proud to say that I have Keenum starting this week, obviously with the bye, and I'm glad it is this week because I think Keenum has a solid game against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. 
And we will close out the podcast looking at a few options over there on DraftKings for the Millionaire Maker this week instead of the typical $20 buy-in. <coughs> Sorry about that. Instead of the $20 buy-in, it is $10 for a chance to take home $1 million. I don't know about you, but I would love to say, hey, I won a million dollars off a $10 buy-in. A few plays I'm looking at, I think these stacks, obviously you're going to need a stack in to win a, uh, a millionaire maker. You're obviously going to need players that are lower owned than others, mixed in with maybe a couple other chalky players, but you need to have those 1% to 5% owned players to win a GPP. Um, the stacks that are going to be very popular are the New Orleans stacks. You're going to see a lot of Houston stacks. You're going to see a lot of Atlanta stacks. You might even see a lot of New England stacks playing the, playing the, the Miami Dolphins. I'm looking at someone like Eli Manning, Saquon Barkley, and Odell Beckham Jr. as a three-man stack, and maybe running it back with a Kamara if you can fit all of those players in. I think the Giants-Saints are going to be a uh, very highly scoring game, and I think most people are going to be on the New Orleans side of things where I'm going to jump on to the Giants side of things. I'm also looking at the Colts against the Houston Texans. I don't think the Colts are going to be very highly owned. And I'm looking at Dak Prescott this week, pairing him with one of his wide receivers, or even maybe pairing him with Ezekiel Elliott and trying to get all the touchdowns in Dallas, who on paper might be able to get some um, some things going there in Dallas. And... Uh, in, in, as a running back, I think you're going to be looking at someone like Kamara being very highly owned. You're going to look at someone like Giovanni Bernard being highly owned if he's a starter there again. He's kind of dinged up as well, but it sounds like he's good to go. Um, dropping down a little bit and maybe looking at someone like James White in, uh, in The Millionaire Maker. Looking at, uh, I think Sonny, Sonny Michelle is going to be very highly owned. Going back to the Deion Lewis, maybe this is the week that he finally does break out and you get Deion Lewis low-owned low against the Philadelphia defense that has given up points to, to pass, uh, passing, passing running backs. Maybe Lewis can get 9 or 10 catches for over 100 yards with those little dump-offs. Um, that's not out of the question. Maybe going with uh, Austin Eckler. Um, with, the, with the Chargers playing the San Francisco 49ers, a lot of people might be on Melvin Gordon. What if you go with a Eckler and what if you go with a stack of Eckler and the Chargers defense and hoping for a lot of blowout time for Eckler, who also gets a lot of time with the starting unit as a third down back? That might not be a bad option as well. And what about Mr. Aaron Jones there in Green Bay against the Buffalo Bills, who on paper look like they should blow out the Buffalo Bills, but we thought that as well last week against the Minnesota Vikings. But what about Aaron Jones maybe getting a lot of ground game? As the, as the Packers look to keep Aaron Rodgers from getting injured more with that knee injury he has. There's a few, there's a few options I'm looking at. And if you're looking at defenses, um, obviously, like I, what, I, what I say in, that I always do in the past is I take the lowest-priced defense that I can trust to get me positive points, and then at the end of making my team, I can increase or decrease that, uh, that defense if need be. But take a defense that is the lowest price one that you can look at and see who has a chance of not giving you negative points. Lock them in, and then you can always go back and change it. Make sure you get your stack. 
I'm looking at a lot more three-man stacks instead of the two-mans. If you're going to go two-man, maybe you go a quarterback, running back, quarterback, tight end, and avoid the quarterback wide receiver, which is the way a lot of people look. And if you want to go quarterback wide receiver, maybe you pair him with his top two wide receivers. Or if you want to go all out, pair like Matthew Stafford with all three of his receivers and hope that Stafford throws five or six touchdowns all going to those three receivers. All of a sudden you start to see yourself go up. Or like I said, go back to the Giants game and see if the Giants can score tons of points on the Saints and somehow the Saints get let down a little bit. Not only are you going to see those Saints stacks lower on the totem pole, you'll be able to see your giant stack be lowly owned going up and up those rankings at the end of a Sunday. So that'll do it today for our podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully I can help you win your matchups. Hopefully some of this information is is uh, helpful to you. Reach out to us on, face, on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on our website. Once again, last time for our... Um, Remind, a reminder on our, on our Twitter handle, it's at FansportsGenius. Our Instagram is FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore. And our website, www.FantasyFootballGenius.com. And I wish you the best luck this week at taking down your matchups. And hopefully you go 4-0 or 3-1. Or if you are on a losing streak, you finally break that losing streak and get that W and get on the way to your championship season that that awaits you have a good weekend and good luck